Good morning. Thank you. First off, I want to thank Brother Paul for fixing the microphone so you can hear me what I've, what I've got to tell you because it's something that's very, very important. First off, though, I want another thing I want to say is the parking lot looks good. It is overcrowded. We're having to park on the side, so it's, that's looking good there. It's showing that we are doing the works of God by spreading it The song we just sang is very popular. It's one that I really like. But have you really thought about what are we asking for? And then when you think about that, is it something that you're willing to accept and to work for? From time to time, Christians, or at least myself, I'm pretty sure that we all go through some kind of spiritual slump in our life, and we need to be revived again. Now, what becoming a Christian is something we go and be baptized once, but it remains, but remaining strong in our faith is a lifelong pursuit. It's something that we just got to work on daily. Now, from time to time, we all need reawakening to our faith, renewing of our love, reviving in our spirit. We are all in, imperfect. We need the Lord's continued forgiveness and his blessings as well as his strength to help each and every one of us. Psalms chapter 85, verses uh, 6. Psalms 85, verse 6 asks, Will you not yourself revive us again, that your people may rejoice in you? I tell you, we can rejoice in our God. And when we are revived, because we find in Him, once again, the joy of our salvation. <clears throat> Something that we studied a few months back in Galatians. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, places joy right after love as a fruit of the Spirit. And even, uh, Paul urges us even in Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. Philippians 4 and 4, when he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again I say, rejoice. We need to go back into the Old Testament. Nehemiah. Nehemiah chapter 8, verses 10 tells us, The joy of the Lord is your strength. Then we have to think about David. David had by, uh, sinned by committing adultery of Bathsheba and by arranging the death of her husband Uriah. Now his, his guilt must have undoubtedly it ate him up inside until he confessed his sin and he repented because he wrote in Psalms 51 verses 12 and 13. Psalm 51, 12 and 13. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Sustain me with a willing spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your way, and sinners will be converted to you. When we renew our, our joy and our salvation, we should want to let everyone know about it. Now my text this morning, if you'd like to turn to it, it's going to be... The book I usually don't preach much out of, even though I should, because it is God's Word, but the book of Revelations. Revelations, chapter 2. And I heard a, a lesson on this one, and uh, uh, some of this right here comes from it. But it got me to thinking, and I figured if it got me to thinking and able to work up a lesson, there's a few other tweaks and things I can do to hopefully that it get someone else thinking about when we sing this song, Revive Us Again. Revelations chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. 
Unto the, unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things saith he that, these things, excuse me, these things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works and thy labors and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil. And thou hast tried them which say they are apostles, and are not, and hast found them liars, and hast borne, and hast patience, and from my name, for my name's sake, has labored and has not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left my first love. Remember therefore from this, whence thou hast fallen, and repent, and do the first works. For else I would come unto thee quickly, and would remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. But this thou hast that thou hast Hated the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He that hath an ear, let him hear. What the Spirit saith unto the churches, to him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Now Jesus speaks a very powerful words to the church at Ephesus in the latter part of the first century. Just like Christians in Ephesus, some today have left their first love. Some today have stopped meeting regularly with the church. Some have stopped studying their Bibles, have stopped praying to God, have stopped serving our Lord. Some attend worship but rarely get involved with the work of the church. Now the New Testament speaks about a disciple named Demas. Colossians and uh, Philemon mention him and call him a fellow laborer with Paul. We see in 2 Timothy uh, chapter 4, verse 10. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 10. This says, For Demas, having, lo having loved this present world, had deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. What Demas needed reviving. That's where, when I get to sin on us to get to my point this morning. When we sing this song, it got me to thinking, especially when you write, you think about it a lot. But it says, what is revival? I broke it down to a couple of things. First, revival begins with remembering. Many have forgotten what it's like when they were lost and when they were on the outside of God's care. They forgot the darkness that they lived in, the emptiness that they felt. And the life without the promise of God. Others have forgotten what it's like when they were first saved. Remember when, when you first become a Christian. When you came up out of the waters of baptism. Clean and pure feeling. Remember your joy in Christ and your zeal. Colossians chapter 1 verses 13 and 14. Colossians 1 13 and 14 reminds us. For he rescued us from the dominion of darkness, transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of our sins. Now the Lord Jesus told the church in Ephesus, and we just read in Revelations chapter 2 and verse 5, it said, Therefore remember from where you have fallen. When Christians leave the Lord, sadly, they leave God's blessings behind. We all know someone who has left 
the church has left the Lord. We need to make it our, our obligation, our responsibility, to, uh, whatever you want to call it, call it command. We need to get out and to talk to these and bring them back into the Lord's family. Now this is why worshiping regular is so vital and so important. It reminds us of the most important things to our souls. The Lord's Supper is a memorial of the sacrifice of Jesus' body and his blood, as uh, Daniel read this morning. But I'm going to go a little further and read some more. 1 Corinthians 11, 23 and 26, very popular uh, scripture for the Lord's Supper. 1 Corinthians 11, 23 and 26 says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, in the night in which he was betrayed, he took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, for which, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is the New Testament, New Covenant of my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he come. We must never quit taking our communion on the first day. We should never stop singing praises to God. We should never stop praying to God. We should never stop studying God's word lest we forget what the Lord Jesus has done for each and every one of us. Secondly, secondly, revival to me, it, it follows repentance. We start repenting when we become Christians, but we continue repenting throughout our Christian life. As often as we sin, we ought to examine ourselves and we have to repent of that sin. The Lord told the church in Ephesus, Revelations chapter 2, verse 5, also to repent and do the deeds that you did at first, or else I'm coming to you and will remove your lampstand out of its place unless you repent. This church has existed for decades. Had some mature Christians who still needed to change their hearts and their ways. The Lord knew people would sometimes stray from their, uh, their commitment, but he made a promise to Solomon that he would relent from sending calamity to the, on the people if they would humble themselves and repent. You remember the Lord said to Solomon in 2 Chronicles 7, verse 14. 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14 said, And if, if my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my faith, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven what, and will forgive their sins, will heal their land. Proud and arrogant people will hardly repent. Proud and arrogant people do not seek the face of the Lord. They do not look to Him for help or for His blessing. Only people who realize how much we need the Lord will humble ourselves and will seek His face. We have to humble ourselves. When God's uh, people seek the Lord and turn from their wicked way, it tells us here that God will take notice and He hears their prayers for forgiveness. He does more than just forgive. He heals their broken land. He blesses them and provides for our needs. He restores them. Many wonder 
why they are so unhappy in life. Well, it could be that the guilty of sin has spoiled their life. Ezra. Ezra helped to revive Israel and to heal Israel to God. For 70 years, people have been in captivity in Babylon. Now, by God's grace, Ezra led a group back to Israel to begin living as God's people after the Babylonian captivity. Ezra chapter 7, verse 10. Ezra 7 and 10 tells us that, For Ezra has set his heart to study the law of the Lord and to practice it and to teach his statutes and ordinance in Israel. Now, when you study in God's word, you learn what is right and what is wrong. Once he taught the people God's law, the people found that they had sinned by intermarrying with the adulterous nations that were around them. Now we're reading the book of Ezra, chapter 9 and 10. You learn how seriously Ezra took sin and how sincere he was in leading the people to repentance. Through Israel, excuse me, through Ezra had not sinned himself. He mourned in his heart the sins of the people. Ezra 9 and 3. Ezra 9 and 3 says, When I heard about this matter, I tore my garment and my robe and pulled some of the hair from my head and my beard and sat down appalled. Now verses 5 and 6 goes on to say, At the evening offer, offering, I rose from my humiliation, even with my garment and my robe torn, and I fell on my knees and stretched out my hands to the Lord my God, and I said, Oh my God, I am ashamed and embarrassed to lift up my face to you. My, my God, for our iniquities have risen above our heads, and our guilt has grown even to the heavens. We see in Ezra chapter 10, verse 1. Ezra 10 and 1 says, Now while Ezra was praying and making confession, weeping and prostrating himself before the house of God, a very large assembly, men, women, and children, gathered to him from Israel, for the people wept bitterly. Shows here that if we got our hearts in the right place, if we're doing what God tells us to do, people are going to take notice of it. And that's the way that we get in touch with people and bring them back. But the question here is, how long? I want to think about it. How long? Has it been since you wept over sin? The Israelite men made a covenant that that very day to separate from the families that they had, had taken from the adulterous nations. See, repentance demands that we sacrifice sinful things that we may have loved or held dear to us. We give up our sins because they are against the ways of God and it offends God. We need to be like the people of Ephesus in their early days. When they saw the truth of Jesus Christ, they saw the era of witchcraft, of sorcery. We see in Acts chapter 19, verses 18 and 19. Acts 19, 18 and 19 says, Many of also of those who had believed kept coming, confessing and disclosing their practices. And many of those who practiced magic brought their books together and began burning them in the sight of everyone. 
And they counted up the piece, the price of them and found it 50,000 pieces of silver. When we become a Christian, you must leave the sinful world behind us. So we said this morning in Bible study, we're in, still in the world, but not of the world. Sometimes Christians grow weary of well-doing, and they just need encouragement, and we just need a revival in our hearts. We need to renew their faith, restore our love, and get busy serving the Lord. Really don't know what happened to Timothy, but it seems he began to be timid, fearful, and then he faltered in his service to God. Because Paul wrote in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6, 2 Timothy 1 and 6, For this reason I remind you to kindle a fresh to get the God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Now we don't know what the gift Timothy possessed, but what it was, but he wasn't using it undoubtedly as he ought to be. We also recall another minister who wasn't doing his job. Paul wrote in Colossians. Colossians chapter 4, verse 17. And I'm not good on names, but Archippus, take heed to the ministry which you have received in the Lord that you may fulfill it. Question we have to look at from this verse is are we fulfilling our ministry? Are we doing what God has laid upon us to do? Are we just doing it enough to get by? Or are we giving it our all? Are you doing what God has given you? Or are you doing what God will have you to do? The third I want to look at revival. Revival insists that we return to Christ. The Lord Jesus in Luke chapter 15 tells the story of a young Jewish man. We're all familiar with the story. He wanted to live on his own terms for his own pleasures. He got his father to give him his share of inheritance early and went then, he went off to a far country. We told him the story, he wasted his inheritance on reckless and moral living and it didn't work well for him. Sin never does work good for anyone. Now a famine came upon the country and he ended up alone, broke, friendless, and ashamed of himself. He decided to come home to his father. But he felt unworthy to be called his father's son. But we told him the story, the prophet's son, how the father graciously welcomed him. He embraced him, he kissed him, he dressed him in the best robe, celebrated with a feast. Now the father said in Luke chapter 15, verse 24, For this son of mine was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. And they began to celebrate. How many have left the church to pursue their own desires? Kind of wonder, how's it working for them? Are they closer to God? Would God really hear their prayers at this point? You think they're happy in their souls? Has their family been uh, drawn closer to God since they made that decision? 
that John the Baptist came into the world prepared the way for the Lord Jesus Christ. Have you considered how he would do that? Luke chapter 1 verse 17. Luke 1 and 17 says, It is he who will go as a forerunner before him. And the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn to the heart, turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children, the disobedience to the attitude of the righteous, so as we make ready a person prepared for the Lord. And we live in a selfish, me first society that separates families. We must turn our hearts back to God and back to the spiritual needs of our families. If you love the Lord, you may if you leave the Lord. You're going to probably lead your children away as well. But if you draw close and stand with the Lord, you will lead others to boldly stand with the Lord as well. If you're spiritually asleep, you need to wake up and look to Jesus who bore the cross for each and every one of us. If you're complaining, look at the cross and just hush. If you become pathetic, you need to remember what the Lord sacrificed for us. If you're flirting with sin, you need to look at the cross and remember what sin causes. If you're sluggish in your faith and your service to God, you need to look up at the cross and get involved with the Lord and His church. Now, fourthly, revival will lead to renewal. Each day calls for us to renew our faith and our commitments to Christ. Now, uh, Luke chapter 9, verse 23. Luke 9, 23 calls us to pour, to take up our crosses daily. Now, don't tell me what you did in the past. What I want to say and know is, what are you doing for the Lord today? <clears throat> Romans 12, 1 and 2. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, Therefore, I urge you, my brethren, by the mercies of God, to repent to present your body the living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove that what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. And then we see in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 30, uh, 58. 1 Corinthians 15 and 58 reminds us Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toe is not in vain in the Lord. In other words, what we do for the Lord matters. We must remain, we must remain steadfast in our efforts and to do good and to preach the gospel. There is so much that we need to do. Paul urges us in Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. Verses 9 and 10. Let us not lose heart in doing good. For in due time we will reap if we do not grow weary. So then, while we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. Let us get busy. In other words, if you're sleeping, wake up. And all who are, who are Luke, just lukewarm for God, they need to fire up. All of them that are discouraged, which she needs to cheer up. All the depressed folks need to look up. And all the wicked folks need to straighten up. And then we can't leave out the lazy folks. The lazy folks need to get up. And all the immature folks will grow up. All the dry bones will shake up. And all the Christian soldiers need to stand up. 
then we can stand strong for God and be revived. Now, closing this morning, what about you? Are you in a spiritual slump? Have you wandered away from the Lord Jesus and become distracted by the world and forgotten your salvation? Are you worshiping regularly at church? Do you read your Bible regularly? How's your prayer life? Are you saying no to sinful behaviors? While we cannot earn our salvation, God expects us to live godly lives that demonstrate our faith and our love. Now, I hope you haven't become like the Ephesian Christians who, who left their first life because, as I said earlier, when a person wanders away from God, like the prodigal son, they lose more than they think. When a person wanders away from their God, they lose the grace of God, the ear of God in prayer, and the promise of God for their hereafter and their eternity. They lose the fellowship of brothers and sisters at church. They lose the joy and the hope found in Christ Jesus. One day lost and alone without God is one day too many. And all of us need God in our lives. God is waiting for you. He hasn't moved or left you. You may have left him, but he wants you to come home. And when people sin, they separate themselves from God and his grace. Now to get back into God's favor, you must place your trust in Jesus Christ. You got to must repent of your sins. You must confess the Lord Jesus to be the Son of God. You must be baptized into Christ. Now Peter told the guilty souls at Pentecost, repent and each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. You will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Acts, first, uh, Acts 2 and 38. Now if you lovingly obey, just as these people did, God will graciously forgive you just as he did them. So why not do that just as they have done? Why not obey the Lord? I hope this has got your minds, the lesson this morning, got you thinking a little more about revival. Reviving us again the need for it. Make you, getting you thinking, who do I know that has turned their back on the Lord and straight away? And then I want you to think, how can I approach that person and bring them back into God's family? First off, you got to love that person. If you love God, you're going to love that person because God tells us he breaks everybody up into two different people. Our neighbors and our enemies. But the thing about it is there's no use trying to decide who is who. Because God said love your neighbor and God tells us to love your enemy. So we need to love that person enough to bring them back to God. Now each and every one of us, we got to think about ourselves for a minute. Have you strayed away from God? Do you need to be baptized, become a child of God? Whatever your need may be, I want you to think about it, act upon it, and we stand now and sing our song of invitation. Song.